Valverde. Nine one one. I'll hold. And talk through the games on that. And then we'll also be talking some shite here and there. But as usual, we're going to be giving you the fantasy goo. We're going to be dropping the knowledge And uh, doing what it takes for you and your DFS standings. For people that are in uh, postseason leagues. What have you. We're just going to help you sharpen the knife. There's no offseason to this stuff. As usual, I'm here with Houdini. I've got Stag Party across the way from me. Dogmatica to my right. I'm D-Rex. We are Pyromaniac. Dot com and fellas, the heat is off across the board. We're gonna have to re- record a little bit, uh, get, go through these because it's gonna get cold fast. And this with the temperatures as we've got them here in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> At least it's a lot warmer than it is in St. Louis. Oh, <laughs> too soon. Oh, cold. They, got, they got a cold, cold shoulder. shoulder. Yeah, boom, bit. boom, boom. Uh, sorry to all those in St. Louis. I think you got the raw end of the stick, seeing as how your city and your state did more than any of these other three states to try and keep your team in town. So Stan Crocky wasn't listening and basically gave you the cold shoulder, gave you the big F you, and they'll now be in L.A. Yeah, Chasing least, the big bucks. At least they still have the Cardinals, not oh. all of their players anymore, but <laughs> they still have the Cardinals. Cardinals and the Blues, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, blues too. That's true. Remember, they used to have the Cardinals as well. They've always been the, the, the city that's that's first stolen a team from somewhere else. So, you know. that's true. That's There's true. four teams now in in California, and that just seems a little bit off to me. And there's Midwest. It's a big loss. You know, I've talked on the show before about a friend of mine who's actually done some art for Pyro, uh, Jason Fennel, homeless cop. He is a diehard. I mean, I posted a lot of stuff on Facebook of his images. He, like, wears the helmet to the games, and he's, like, a diehard. This guy is so pissed and livid and sad and just utterly bummed out and hates the league. The fact that, you know, Kroenke didn't even talk to the mayor. He never had a meeting. This was done. The, uh, the owner's coming in, and it was 31-1. to 1. 
And then after everyone's just talking about how this is the right thing for the league, LA needs to have. See, LA, it was the LA Rams 20 years ago or what have you. Uh, it's it's Henry Allard days, Christy Everett Lloyd. Uh, just it's just kind of it's it's bogus, and I feel real bad for all this, the hardcores as a stag party gave those sentiments and. Just watching Goodell talk today and just put... They're just full of shit. They went for the money. That's all it is. And a smaller marketplace like Seattle, uh, St. Louis that has been great fans. They have a championship pedigree. Had a great run. One of the best offensive teams. They had a great, great run. Uh, It's just sad. So I feel... Hearts out to you guys. That's bullshit. And uh, once again, the NFL doesn't give a shit. Shit. As I'm coining it, the not for long in your smaller market city league. Well, the other thing is too, you know, if they if the NFL wants to make this argument, I still think they went about it the wrong way because St. Louis is really a Midwestern team, but they're playing in the Western Division with everybody, which, is new. which you know, with everybody else that's that's uh, on the different uh, uh, time zones. So that's immediate disadvantage because most of their games are always going out to the West Coast. So if you were going to move a team from St. Louis, you shouldn't be putting everybody into Los Angeles, you know. What about you could have moved one to maybe Las Vegas, or you could have put one. I guess you wouldn't do it with all the gambling in Las yeah, Vegas. Yeah, that so. would make it illegal, right? There'd be no there would be no NFL gambling because yeah, they, they can't really have a pro sport and then have a gambling on it. Right, right. So maybe you move them to Portland or something like that. You know, like and that. It, yeah, but yeah, Portland. Here's the thing about Portland: they can't hold the team either. Yeah, the Trailblazers are trying to get the flock out of there, kind of too. Uh, I don't. I just think it's it doesn't have a. I think people there are a little more psyched on and nobody weed, wants to weed, go. the Weed Bowl than the Super Bowl. And people are already trying to get out of Oakland, and, and nobody wants to go to Sacramento. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> put, put them in England. Fuck them. Put them in England or throw them up in Toronto or something. Fuck them England. All. <laughs> that would be pretty hilarious. Uh, but you got to be thinking, uh, you know, player side of things. You're Jay Long, you're Todd Gurley, you're kind of pumped. That your team just left oh, uh, St. Louis, and now you live in uh, L.A., and you're you're just—it's a totally different career for these guys uh, that are already on the team. Todd Gurley's earning potential probably just doubled for oh, the next ten years. Oh my god! Like just from that little move that they made, and he had nothing to do with it. But he's got to have a little—you know—I don't know if he's got a grill. But he probably will after this fucking move. <laughs> well, think about it, too, Very because true. all the money is going to be there for him because Kobe is going to be gone and the Lakers are horrible. So he's going to be the only star left in town. I was arguing with a guy last night on our Facebook uh, account. Not arguing, but just going back and forth. Facebook.com forward slash Pyromaniac. Check it out if you're on Facebook. Even if you're not, it's a good way to know when new pieces are out and we're having a good discussion. So join us there. But guys, like, yeah, I know the Lakers have been bad. He's like arguing why LA deserves uh, the the Rams. Like I know the Lakers were bad. I'm like, I just ended it because I didn't want it to go to another. But I'm like that statement right there. They've been bad for a year and a half. And he's like, I know the Lakers are bad. The Lakers aren't bad. The Lakers have five championships in the last 15 years. So the fact that he thinks that the Lakers have had some like tenure of badness <laughs> just shows how screwed he is and how screwed this other team is. And that's the resounding stories that I'm reading. And I'll let you guys uh, take it from here. Is everyone from Marshall Falk to Everett and other players uh, are just saying, this team better be good. Because if you're in L.A. and you're in that market... 
That was the reason why they got ran out. No one gave a shit that they went to St. Louis back in 20 years ago. Yep. The team was terrible and futile forever. And they're like, oh, we'll let them go. So, this team better get good pretty quickly. Well, they better get out from under Jeff Fisher, the king of mediocrity. Yes, <laughs> like, how does fact. he keep a job for going 8-8 eight and eight for not even 7-9 for the last... Oh my god, that guy can keep a job better than like he can grow a mustache. Jeff Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> but... Word is today that the Chargers are gone too. Chargers are joining them in LA. That's the biggest news on the street today. Yep. Here Wednesday, um, the thirteenth is that what today is. Yep. So people, the Chargers are gone too. They're, everybody's gonna be playing at the Coliseum next year. Stadium is not even gonna be built till nineteen. Like, why aren't the Chargers at least roughing it out in San Diego for a couple more years and then sure. going to LA? Well, For you know, sure. the best, well because they had, they the had to take aren't gonna they, no, they had to take this deal because if they didn't take the deal, then it was going to be in immediately years. offered to the Raiders. No, in a year, a year, a year no, from now, in not immediately. Year. No. In one the year, are doing, the I would have waited a year yeah, just to be a dick. <laughs> night before, I've been like, mm, we'll take it. But then you get to play in the Wales vagina for a season, and you're not playing. And if that's the Wales vagina, the Coliseum is like a, a whale that was a whore's vagina. Well, didn't the Raiders? <laughs> Uh, renounce like they, the, they take back their presentation and they say no forget it don't worry about it like right before the uh, right before it was actually passed out to the to the Rams and the uh, San, Di- San Diego movement because I think there was going to have to be realignment and everything I think Oakland uh, Raiders are just fine with getting their what 120 million 150 they million got they got a free 100 million dollars yeah uh, just for trying to work that's if they stay if they stay in Oakland or if they stayed in San Diego, they got a free $100 million. Yeah, the owners were like, they, they were incentivized to stay. So, Plus, Oakland will probably end up moving to San Diego, striking a deal with them after they, they stay. They did, they did say that, that that was one of the reasons that San Diego might stay is because the deal San Diego has on the table is a lot better than the one that they have in Oakland. The one in Oakland, like Oakland refuses to give them any state right. money. So... Nobody wants to go build a stadium in Oakland, even though he doesn't even want to spend a billion dollars on a stadium. He wants one of the cheapest stadiums like currently built. He wants bare bones. Uh, I'm talking about Mark Davis now, and he wants bare bones and like 900 million is the estimate he has on a stadium in Oakland. Except Oakland won't give him a dime. Wasn't the cheapest stadium built the Lucas uh, Oil Stadium? They built it for like pe- they built that Lucas Oil Stadium, the house that the pe- house that Peyton built for cheaper than our Chicago Bears uh, Soldier Field renovation. <laughs> so when you start reading about that, I'm not worried about going for the cheap stadium because when you go for what what Jerry Jones uh, has, that's what's going to happen in LA. That's uh, what's I know be. what they're doing there, but <laughs> yeah. Oakland doesn't need that. They, that's literally that, that would almost be frowned upon by, by Raider Nation. Like just get the get a better stadium than what they're doing now. You don't have to go all out. I, I just love the fact that LA is going to suffer again because you're bringing in two bad teams, <laughs> two teams that are that are uh, San Diego is not on the upswing right now uh, because eventually you're going to have to find a replacement for Phil. Just Rivers. hired Weisenhunt. He's the offensive coordinator. Yeah, the Wiz is back in town. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. What's the team name going to be there? Is it going to be the L.A. Chargers or I will would, they be the SoCal, I would Southern assume, California Chargers? I, try and keep that I, they could. I don't think so. I think you just take the city name. The Anaheim? Maybe. I, I doubt it. The Ingleside Chargers? <laughs> I like that. California. They might just call it 
Just, <laughs> it, just the whole Los thing Angeles Angels of Anaheim of California. <laughs> <laughs> well, at some point today, just, just yeah, you want to play that, but you also want to play Ramit because that's how. That's how the team's feeling, uh, or the, the city's feeling after the league. They just got rammed big time. Um, track last thing i'm going to say about anything southern california personally is i think that that song was played in the uh, playboy mansion down there in southern california in the la area and that how they put that house in the market this week the, the playboy mansion Hugh put it up on the market 200 mil yeah is with the, listing with, price. With, with the uh, 200 mil with the caveat that he gets to live there until he dies is that true yes i didn't know that yes oh my god wait he, you you buy the place and, and he's, he's your he's your coach house man. i'd be pretty cool with that though <laughs> pretty sweet oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah i get the whole experience yeah you get, it's like you basically own a part of playboy then like i'm cool with that <laughs> well, he has to come to you and say hey can i invite some friends over uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, just call, you just call him and you're like you're like uh, I'm in the grotto. Send him down. <laughs> Jesus. I actually I won't go into it, but I have I, I went to a party at the Playboy Mansion one night. Good times. I'll tell you about it at some point. Um, really dope dope adventure. Uh, I got no ass. I don't want to kid anybody. There was no Playboy bunny on my lap or anything. Good party struck out across the board. Ah, shit! Yes. Uh, okay, let's uh, go on to the Bengals and those nuts and uh, cruise through a little bit more news and then we'll uh, we'll pile on the two uh, games we got on, on Saturdays. Obviously, that Steelers-Bengals game was uh, the craziest thing we've seen in football since three weeks prior with uh, Norman and, and Odie Bag. What'd you guys think of that game? I mean, that was crazy, dude. Me. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's the Bengals. <laughs> That's uh, that pretty much explains it in in my head. I, I don't, I, honestly, I don't have much to say about it. It's it's kind of I don't want to say that sort of thing is becoming commonplace in the NFL, but 
that sort of thing is kind of becoming commonplace, has, has become yeah, yeah, commonplace. Well, the worst part about it is, and, and it is perfect that the Bengals lost this way, because Marvin Lewis, I don't know how he keeps his job. No idea. You know, you know, he's been, how long has he been the coach there now? It's 13 years. 13 years. And you don't have a playoff win. You have all these first-round exits. You have undisciplined players. You know, so yeah, the game won. Where, where is your control as a coach? And and you're not he's not exhibiting any control. How he retains his job is beyond me. Uh, because he makes the playoffs every year and he's in a state where he's compared to the Browns. So you're gonna keep your fucking job. <laughs> True. Uh, I mean, but if you are making the playoffs every year, I, I can even almost say that you're probably making it despite your coach because there's obviously no uh Level of you know Vontez Perfect has not been reined in. He was uh, fined three different times this this year for. Uh, That's who he is. He plays with reckless abandon. You like this guy would have been lauded like ten years ago. He, he would have been a a, fuck, a folk hero. Like <laughs> I don't disagree, but what he it, the way he's playing. You look at it, the best player, offensive player in the league is Antonio Brown. If he misses a game, it's because of a head-to-head helmet. The the second best player, or the number one, your number one ranked player for going into next year is Le'Veon Bell. He took the, he caused that injury with his reckless abandoned play. We can't have it. There's too much too much fantasy football at stake here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wish. I, listen, this is this is honestly a podcast in its own. Um, but I, I, I've said a lot of my piece on on this sort of stuff. The players are just flat out getting too big, mm-hmm. and there's just too many things going into their bodies that aren't being accounted for, and it, it's dri- it's driving these guys to do things that uh, you know I, I, you wouldn't. I'm not saying that you wouldn't see them in the yesteryear, but you wouldn't see them as severely. I mean, uh, there's a big difference between a 180 pound linebacker coming at you and trying to ruin your career, and a 270 pound linebacker who's faster than you coming to ruin your career because he will ruin your career nowadays. Back in the old days, they play with injuries. People, you know, uh, players would play all 16 games or 14 games. It wouldn't be a problem. Now it's a rarity. It's a problem throughout the NFL. Uh, obviously, the with the concussion movie coming out and everything too, it's going to shed a little light on what's going on. It's out. But the the plain and you know plain simple fact is that it, there's just a huge problem in the NFL today, and I've been saying this for a couple of years now, and I'm going to continue to say it. You watch 10, 15 years from now, it's going to be flag football. They're just going to change the rules so much that it's basically going to be watching flag football. You know, there's so much protection. There's only so much protection they can have in the game without completely taking the physicality out of it. You know, a hit like that, you know, that obviously deserves the, th- the three-game suspension or whatever it ended up being. Is that, is that three. right? Three-game suspension. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that is that really going to detract guys in the end? It hasn't. They, they've done suspensions before. They've done large fines before. But it hasn't stopped people from, from hitting people. And the thing is, that it doesn't, it doesn't matter if there's intent or not. These guys are too big. They're just too big and too strong. And heads are going to hit each other. The helmets, I mean, there were less injuries when they weren't using them, when they were using those leather helmets. There was less injuries in hockey when they were using no helmets. It's strange to think that maybe, I don't know, maybe that actually detracts people from actually hitting hard. Uh, when they see somebody without a helmet on, maybe they pull back a little bit. I, I have no idea what the answer to this is, but it's obviously a huge, a huge problem that they're going to be facing for many years to come. And like I said, you, you heard it here first, flag football, 10, 15 years. Can't wait for that. Oh, helmetless wah, football. Wah, wah. Are they going to play it on the sand? 
Out on unsafe beach football? Sure, why the hell not? If I'm going to be a devil's advocate, um, wait, I'm spacing his name. Who's the guy that blew out his knee? From Edwards. Edwards on the New England, remember he was playing a flag football, like oh, yeah, Battle of yeah, the Network yeah. Stars Troy type thing, and uh, blew out his knee playing flag football on the, on the sand. It wasn't mm. Troy, but uh, he was actually a great running back. No, it was like his third yeah. season for New England. They were loving him. Yep. Let's uh, let's talk about the coaching changes and whatever about the uh, Bengals. We'll see. There is news that uh, Huge Jackson uh, took the job with the Browns, so the offensive coordinator is going to change there. Uh, everyone seems really happy about that hire. I'm 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 psyched. I saw a great meme uh, today uh, or meme, whatever it is. Uh, is that uh, he's like, yeah, I just I just need to get away from all those crazy motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, it's a picture of you. <laughs> Well, I guess we would smell like pussy to a bunch of dead shit. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you rather have, Houdini, Marvin Lewis, or Hugh Jackson? Oh, I, Hugh Jackson. I, 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 at this point, I would, I would rather have Hugh Jackson because I'd take the the, the chance. I, the old retread guy that's just been out there. The it's a, it's a tired, same old message that he's given across and you know what Hugh Jackson also remember he was a head coach so now he's had to earn his way to get back to this point yeah he so. sucked so why do I uh, well <laughs> because he's he probably learned a few things along the way he and, went 8-8 you know. eight and, eight and that team was terrible and he, he wasn't terrible he should have kept his job I think that happened right when Al died I think Al Davis died. Well, that was then, always the most tenuous job in the world was to be the Raiders' head coach. I think yeah. he was the last. I think he was the last head coach that Al Davis. Uh, the head coaches were always the scapegoat anyway. It wasn't so much the head coaches; it's a place the players on that team well, always sucked. Which which helps when you're drafting people like Darius Hayward Bay in the first. Yeah, round. exactly. Like I said, the head coaches were always the so. Scapegoat. Why is he going to succeed with the Cleveland Browns? He's got a long road. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I think he's made a good first decision. I know the D-Rex will maybe no, not agree with me. Let him go. Let him go. Get rid of fucking Manziel. I'm sorry, but when you come from Cincinnati, the one thing that Marvin Lewis isn't doing is getting rid of those troublemakers, getting rid of the players that do wrong by the team. Well, they I get him to a- the playoffs. Like, Remember when he was 4-12 and 12 and they tried to do this whole locker room purge? Uh, and then suddenly all the sort of thugs popped up on the roster, and then they won 12 games. Yeah, like, but it, that's but sort that's, of how it happened. So you're saying that you're... you're uh, yeah, I mean, okay, <laughs> that's fine. But you're Vontaze Perfect, Adam Pac-Man Jones. You can go with the list that goes on and on oh, with the Bengals. And it, and it that was back, part of their goes, strategy. It goes back farther, too. I mean, it's not like Chris Henry was... Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, rest in peace. You know, it's not like he was. Cedric the, the Benson. Yeah. Look, right. there, there's guys all over back. the Bengals that done the party. Is it win at all costs in this league? Jerry Jones employing a guy like uh, you know Greg Hardy. That's I mean that's absolutely. They're saying ridiculous. he's out though. You know, and, huh? They're yeah, saying they are. Gonna, they're saying that he's he's going to be out. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Jerry's very fickle when it comes to decisions, decision making. But uh, I mean, it, I mean, look at look at New England. You know, they're a win at all costs. They've cheated their ass off for years, gotten away with it, and they keep winning, you know, and they're not, they're not about to change things there. Hey, you that's think a, Chandler Jones yeah, or Rob Gronkowski yeah, is yeah. getting suspended? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, seriously, give me a freaking break. Synthetic so, weed. It's just the way that things are in the NFL, and there's a, like I said, it's a huge problem there. I like that, you know, someone like Hugh Jackson is actually taking a little control and saying, you know what, I, I'm not going to take this. 
I've watched this happen in Cincinnati, and it's not a cool thing to stand by. I don't, I don't like standing by these thugs and seeing what they do every freaking day to the team, to the city, to our reputation. I want to weed this out right now. So he's going to get rid of Manziel, and I think that's a great call. I think you need a cue in. We're not D, D Snyder. It's a dog Snyder. We're not going to take it. We gotta, we gotta, I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah, I mean, other coaching changes, you know. Hugh Jackson didn't wait for another job offer. Cleveland offered it to him. Hugh Jackson had been, you know, interviewing everywhere. Could have waited for a better offer. I mean, I know there's other places I'd rather be than the Browns. But, you know, didn't wait for San Francisco. Didn't wait for, you know, the Giants or any of these other teams to make him an offer. So, well, maybe, maybe. he gets to sleep in the bed that, you know, uh, what, now you're running by a... You're being run by a baseball guy, and, that, and that's who you're putting your faith in. Like, come well, on. Maybe he's getting a longer leash here. You know, maybe. That's, and maybe that was part of what would be enticing about the position. They say, "Look, we understand that it's going to be a enticing- process. We're going to have to get. We're going to get rid of Manzel. We're starting. We're starting over. We don't hardly have any skilled players of value. So, you know, under we understand that it's going to take time. Maybe he's got an assurance that he gets to, to go through a full five years of a rebuild or something like that. No. Nobody, I mean, nobody gets if, that assurance. If Lovey doesn't get two years, or if Lovey only gets two years with the rookie quarterback and what a was his, What money did he get guaranteed on this deal? Who? Hugh? Yeah. Got me. How, they don't announce coaches' money like they do uh, players. But the thing is, like, none of that really... Like, your leash is three years tops. You have to win to be a head coach in the NFL. And I, I don't know. I think you're digging yourself a real deep hole to get out of from the start. If you could go back in time, say you're a, base, you're a baseball guy, you're in baseball, you're one of the coaches, and the age job comes around. This is before Moneyball. This is before all that. The number stuff comes out. It's uh, our metrics. Um, do you go back in time and say, yeah, I want that job? Or do you, like everybody else, most everybody else, said, no, I don't want any part of that franchise whatsoever. They don't spend money. They don't, they, they don't put you in a winning situation. This is somebody who's forward-thinking right now. He's like, this is a positive. Maybe the numbers thing will work in football. I'm going to jump on this right now. And who knows? I can become the next coming. You know, I could be the next uh, sought-after coach of, you know, in the entire NFL. I think it's a great move by him. I would have jumped on that job, absolutely. It's, I mean, going to a, a franchise that's completely in disarray like San Francisco right now. Okay, I don't know if I'd be jumping on that one. I don't know if I'd be jumping into a, a market. The Giants job is intriguing. I'll, I'll give it that, uh, especially with a, a big market and everything. That's, that's definitely intriguing. But they said they wanted him. That's where he was wanted the most. He doesn't have to move very far, from, you know, from being in, in Cincinnati. Knows area, knows knows the uh, knows the state, knows what goes on there, and it's a possibility that numbers that numbers game may actually be the next thing in football. Who knows? It's the Browns. If a smart organization hired the guy, I'd be lauding them. Like, hey, that's a forward-thinking move. But it's the fucking Browns making the move. It's sometime <laughs> or another. Uh, even even the Browns have got to turn that corner. And maybe he's the catalyst in the uh, in the the fire. To we'll revisit this that. in five years then. <laughs> well, Fair I mean, enough. I mean, what, what pick do they have this year? Third or second? Uh, second. Yeah. So what are they? Are they are, is the first move to go try and get a franchise quarterback, or are they going to go? Both out a quarterback, you got nothing. So yeah. you might as well draft Jared Goff, even though he's not worth the number two overall pick. Uh, well, I'll tell you. You know what they're going to do is they're going to look at what the numbers say. <laughs> if they said if the numbers the say that getting a, t- a top quarterback is the way to go. And, and maybe that's what they might say. They could. Do, they could I'm go for a second won't. rounder. 
I'm yeah. guessing it won't. I bet you they'll, they'll, they'll with, take with one. Pennsylvania absolutely. first round quarterback failures. I would say they won't. My guess it, is so. that they'll go for the best offensive line. That that's well, my guess on, on what team, the numbers on, will say. On that team, why? You yeah, don't they need got one. a pretty good offensive line. They're going to lose a couple of those guys. I know Alex Mack, maybe Joe Thomas, but Joe Thomas got money left on his deal, which might force a trade. But still, if the numbers say it, that's what I'm telling you. Though. Yeah, we'll see. You know, even if you have a bunch of those guys, maybe the numbers still say this is what you need. We'll see. All right, some mallards. Uh, let's talk about Lovey Smith and, and and talk about some coaches here for another uh, five or so minutes, and let's get into. The games. Uh, Lovey. That was a surprising one for everyone, I think, out there. Well, we announced it live on the last podcast. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. We were on the show. Oh. That. That, was, that was crazy. You're, all of a sudden, you're like looking at him like, is Stag Party holding in a shit over there? What's going on? <laughs> Lovey just got fired. Are you guys really surprised? A little bit because of what he mentioned earlier and the fact that he had a rookie quarterback that actually put up like epic numbers for the franchise and what they were eight and eight or what? No, but they I, were they I, I were six surprised. and six at one point in time. So. He's people like his tutelage. Uh, the, the, your your rookie quarterback obviously can't call the shots and be telling the franchise dictating what they do. But he had a great relationship with Lovey. All of a sudden that one year everybody like, has a great relationship with Lovey. He's the nicest guy you'll ever meet. He I just agree. he doesn't he take you all the way. He's not an offensive guy. And that's kind of what they're trying to build up right now. And uh I don't know. I think the times have just passed him by. His his system, his defensive system was uh, breaking down. They had a better defense than they showed because of that system and that's I think it was the right move getting rid of him, to be quite honest. you got to move into the, the next century, next type of game. It's a passing game, and he, that's not him. Well, no, you just said it. Who was running their defense last year? He was. Yeah, he replaced was Leslie system. Frazier. So he was spending all of his time with the defense. So, you know, with everything that was going on with Jameis Winston, that was actually Dirk Cotter, who was the guy that was spending all the time with him. So, Who picked Jameis Winston in the entire organization? Lovey Smith was the only guy who wanted uh, Jameis Winston on that team. Uh, who wanted, you know, Mike Evans the year before that? Oh, yeah, that was Lovey Smith, too. And who wanted Austin Safarian Jenkins? Oh, yeah, that was Lovey Smith. So he did a pretty good job building an offense. Uh, I just don't think they gave him enough time. Jameis, uh, Jameis was the consensus number one pick. That's not a no-brainer. The team didn't want to take him. Mike Evans ended up sucking this year. I don't know if you want to... It, still finished with some good numbers, but agree. Still finished with uh, some good numbers, but um, for a six foot five guy who should have produced a lot more, he kind of sucked it up a little bit. Three touchdowns is inexcusable. And Austin Sferrin Jenkins hasn't been able to stay healthy and hasn't really done much on the field yet. So I, I don't know I exactly my, where you're I going with this. Be like, if he, it's great that he picked him. I, I'm just saying he wasn't coaching him. So he well, he, he's one. never going to be a coach of any of these guys. He's a head coach. No, head coaches he are up the defense. He was They're running the defense. He was running the defense. He was calling all the defensive plays. So he spent all of his time in practices with the defense. He didn't worry about the offense. It was Cotter who ran the offense. Who are they saying... They're thinking about trying to hire Dirk Cotter. Cotter right now. Yeah. Okay, so Cotter's just going to replace him and be right into. It. Okay, yeah. So interesting. Let's see what happens. Let's see what the next phase is. But I think you can really. But that's you, the you point. Hurt you the said his defense was doing 
terribly. Yeah. Well, he was the guy that was coaching it at the end there. We got. And they stopped got. no one. So that's why. <laughs> yeah. He he had to go for that reason. They didn't. They need someone to keep the guy. Times just passed him by. Look. Is he gonna go grab another job? He he doesn't like to take any time off. Uh, is he, Not this year, I don't think. He's gonna just ch- chill. I think out. He's gonna chill for a year. I I, I don't see. I, he would have to take a step down. I don't do think, think he'd be. All, I don't think he'd be hired as a head coach. No. I don't, do I don't you think, think they all went into the room and it was, it was like kind of a year end meeting and it just kind of went sideways and things just happened and then all of a sudden there no, was like, okay, he, didn't, you think, he think, wasn't there. So, okay, so they, they, they called he, him on the phone. So they knew. Okay, basically, one of his guys called him, Jason Lick, and said, "Hey, they're gonna fire you." Um, so that just, just a heads up, bro. And he's like, "Okay." And they called him to come in. He's like, I'm not coming in. So he just called, went in, and cleaned out his office and left. <laughs> Crazy. Well, let's talk about our Bears. Remember in the offseason, everyone was excited about John Fox because of his, because of Gase, uh, let's be honest, because we were, we were going to bring that guy there, and he was the offensive line. And what were, I know I was saying it, but I know that we were, a number of us were, Okay, so he does good, and he comes, and then he takes his next head coaching job. It's not like Fox is just going to come for a year and hand the keys over. So all I'll say is now we're stuck with fucking Fox as our coach without the real reason why we wanted him here. He's left, and now he's the head coach for the Miami Dolphins. Let's talk about in whichever one. Dolphins, Bears, but both of them are, I guess, Dolphins because the Bears still have their same head coach, but... Now we're stuck with Fox. Because Dowell Loggins is our offensive coordinator, who's previously been a play caller. Uh, not a step Kenny down. Kenny Loggins? Not a step up. Pretty much. <laughs> I'm right. It's, remember, as John Fox said, our system is our system. It's our system. It's not his system. Our system is our system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gee, that's, that was well done. You sound exactly like him. It's unconvincing... <laughs> And football brain as, as, as he would lay uh, he, it out. He's the worst. I I disagree with you guys wholeheartedly, but whatever. He, he all he does is he's a he's a figurehead. He lets his guys do what they do, and everybody else like the defense played well. The offense I, was I, okay with no nobody no weapons on it, and everyone enjoyed. Well, it. I'm, not, I'm not upset about being stuck with Fox. Like, look, Fox is. Okay, yeah. that was just D-Rex, sorry. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I know the, we're gonna the get. organization be all right. is better with him as a head coach. If you had just started last year and had hired Gates, right? Yeah. You're going to put him into all these responsibilities that he's never done before with an organization that's kind of floundering with a new general manager as well. So... Wow, this sounds sense. exactly like Miami. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but still, I'd rather be getting it and find out. And if he sucks, fire him and do it again in three years. But if he's the next friggin', um, he wants the young gun. He wants yeah, the young well, gun. The Bears, I'm just saying, the Bears went the Don route Shula. of when they hired Fox, they knew that they were not going to get Gates. Like that whole idea that that's why we were going to groom him. That's why as a new GM, Pace should have just been like, you know what? I'm gonna roll the dice here, and we're gonna see if Gase is the is the guy. Gotta and win right away. <laughs> Even well, if you're the Fox GM. A, and Fox has a history of winning right away. We didn't really win. Fox has a history of winning right away. You know, turning around teams after one year. So let's wait and see what happens. I what think, do you guys? I think the Bears maxed out. I think that yeah. they did as well and as we they did. could. To we be no, but if you understand that record. you're gonna get Kevin White, who didn't play at all this year, you're gonna get another high draft pick that you're gonna be able to add in. It's not you're gonna as get high a lot of money think. to spend in free agency that you're gonna spend on your defense and get that tightened up. You lost with a, six, it was six or seven games by six points or less. 
So they were in just about every one of their losses down the Good stretch. Point. They did. They did. They did compete. Here, okay. Well, let's with, talk. Let's talk with about Zach Miller and Bellamy and Mariani. By the end of the year, Mariani was one of our best receivers. <laughs> who, had, who had more fantasy points? Eddie Royal or Mark Mariani? Mariani. <laughs> By point <Two> one. <laughs> yeah. Eddie Royal was atrocious this year. Uh, so ta- bad. <laughs> talking about you know what Gase is going to be able to do in Miami, though, that's the interesting thing. We thought Miami was sort of going to be a juggernaut. Like, they've got all these fucking weapons, and they're sexy, except they've got nothing up front on the offensive line. And, you know, Tannehill regressed this year, didn't make the throws until late in the season when Campbell asked them to sort of, you know, take some fucking chances. Stop being a pussy. Uh, Push the ball down the field, or else we're not going to go anywhere. You're going to throw for 98 yards or something like you did during the season. Don't you just go home? No test tube, baby. <laughs> uh, I, the, the weapons are there if they can find a way to resign Lamar Miller. And even I don't even know if they need to resign him, but they're better if they do because you got a Jai. You know, Damien Williams is probably a capable third down back with you know, and you know maybe Jonas Gray could step in in a short yardage role here and there. You know, I think they've got the pieces. I mean, on the outside, Devontae Parker taking a step forward. You got another year of Kenny Stills with hopefully with no Greg Jennings. And, you know, Jarvis Landry has the most catches ever by a player through two seasons. Uh, you know, just looking at that, the pieces are there on offense if they can figure out how to, you know, cobble together an offensive line. But Gase, that's never really been one of his big strengths is offensive line coaching. So, But the play calling, he's a good play caller. You and know, he's like, going to be play, calling. The, he's going to be a head coach, offensive coordinator. He's play, He's calling the plays for him. He's already decided that, which seems weird to me. Andy Reid does it. The best, I but think Andy Reid's been coaching for 15, 20 years. This guy's just doing his first head coaching job while being the OC. That's a lot of work. He's not also the OC. He's the play caller. Play caller. Okay. Yeah, good Good point. Good point. But he's going to hire an OC who's like more like a quarterback coach, though. You know, But he'll be the offensive coordinator. Doesn't this sound like Tressman and, 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 and Aaron Cromer? I mean, it, I mean, it works out in some cases. Like, it, some cases it doesn't. Like, why else would you hire Trustman if he's not calling the plays? What the fuck good is he for? Like, you're not going to hire a, a good play caller and not let him call plays. Like, no, of course not. <laughs> I wonder what Gase's relationship was with uh, Forte. If they lose Miller, I think that'd be a, 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 a perfectly fine you know, Maybe. two, wow. three year, you know, pull how, in how, for, for my, Miami. My biggest question is how is he going to deal with Sue? Because <laughs> he's going to get trampled. Yeah, Nobody can anybody? control Sue. Jim Caldwell couldn't do it. Like yeah, no one can do it. It'll be <laughs> what it is. <laughs> you just gotta let the man do what he does and destroy your locker room. Yeah, and hope, <laughs> hope he doesn't stomp too many times. I mean, let him stop. Just, just do what you do. Cause some havoc on defense. <laughs> go hang out with uh, Warren uh, Buffett after the after the game, and don't ruin our locker room. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. To the Any game other here. coaches? Uh, we said Weisenhunt's offensive coordinator. Uh, the the 49er job still open. The oh, Ma- Bob McAdoo got hired today, right before the show. Yeah, they hired. Uh, was it Ben did they, McAdoo? Did they? Who did uh, the, the McAdoo guy got hired by the Giants? I thought it was close to being no, done. I have not seen that one yet. I, I, I got the NFL alert. Check it out. Um, they hired him. Unless they're, the NFL mobile gave me a 
BS alert. But it looks like that's the guy from Texas A&M, right? Nope. Who is he? No. He was their former offensive coordinator. Yeah. I am like, who's the guy? Who's the head coach from Texas A&M? Head coach uh, Kevin Sumlin. Sumlin. Why am I thinking calling him Mac? So they Did are, he get hired? No, they're, Set they're, to promote. Will Will the, name. Will yeah. name. Okay. Yeah. So maybe. <laughs> We'll see. I mean, that's good. You're going to have the semblance of the offense, and hopefully he keeps play-calling duties. Because that's what you do when it's your <laughs> offense. I mean, if you're a good play-calling coach, which you've shown to be over the last couple of years, you're a young guy, like, that's your biggest asset. If you're calling good plays and your offense is scoring, you know, upwards of 28 points a game, you're going to have some leash. It's like, maybe we can... You know, maybe we could find a defensive coordinator that'll compliment him, and they're you know, gives them a little. Even Spagnuolo. Oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. So basically, what they did is fired the old head coach, who's a figurehead, anyways, to hire the offensive court. Oh, I don't see the, how this makes sense, but okay. You're in a New York state, state of mind. We saw how. Um, Coughlin didn't shake hands and just cold shouldered uh, Mara. So obviously, um, I'm glad he he's gone. God, yeah. I could not stand Coughlin. He's about to be an, a Niners coach potentially. Oh, oh, I, don't, I, don't, so that, I don't think that 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 is not that is not a marriage that would work. Him and the 49ers. They just got to hire Chip rest. Kelly. Just throw away the next five years, but get the max out of Kaepernick. See what you got there. Rebuild. Let's move on. Moving on. All right, we're gonna go. Let's talk uh, quickly. I'm gonna do a pyro promo. And then we'll get into the first game, which is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs at the New England Patriots. First thing, Pyro Pro, hook it up. Uh, we've got an off season that which we in which we don't treat like an off season. We've, I just put up an ex- exclusive chart this week that Stag Party put together, which is the way early 2016 rankings. It's only something that you get up on Pyro Pro if you buy it. Sign up now, you get it for a year. For 40 bucks, that means you get it the whole, not just this season through the last game, but you'll get it from one year later from the day you buy it. Hook it up, man. It's great. News feeds are in there. You can add 100, up to 100 players that are on your various fantasy football teams. Follow news, follow player rankings in which we are, and Dogmatic's player rankings are going up for each week during the playoffs as well. So we had a divisional round where every player that's fantasy relevant, and in the playoffs it's essentially everyone because the numbers are so low uh, on the games. Uh, so we're doing it year round, and we're not we're not going to mess around. This podcast goes year round. If you've been with with us for a while, you know that uh, we're going to be treating the Pyro Pro action in the same way. And you know, kind of as Mo says in the Pyro podcast, like if we've helped you out, if we helped you win a championship, if we made you a better fantasy football owner, and and and, and helped your skill and your acumen on the thing, you know. Give us a reward. Pay us back for all the effort we're giving to you and, and, and throw down your hard-earned money, and we'll keep working hard for you guys. Check out Pyro Pro. You can dip into it for 5 bucks for a week. You can dip into it for 10 bucks for a month, or you can pay 40 bucks for the year. Uh, once we get some new things set up in Pyro Pro, uh, which we're always upgrading it, uh, we are going to be... Um, Figuring out an early bird special type of deal with the winner draft hit comes around. So that's it. Pyro promo. Buy it. Pyro Pro. Let's get into it. Kansas City. 11 in a row they won. 11 in a row. Going to New England Patriots who are coming off Chandler uh, and, 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 and Grog smoking uh, synthetic weed. Uh, <laughs> Bill Belichick has a shiner under his left eye. 
I don't know if that smoke show MILF he's dating got him on the left, but uh, <laughs> he probably said something wrong to uh, Taylor Jones's brother. <laughs> probably true. I think he was probably with them smoking the synthetic. <laughs> we'll never know. We'll never know the things that go on at Grog's house, unfortunately. Oh, very unfortunate. <laughs> unless he posts it. Unless he posts it on Twitter. I think he's smarter than that because he sees what's yeah. going on with Manziel. Yeah, he's not Manziel like doing future songs, like going around. He's like, "All right, honey, let's all four of you. You take my that left ball. You take the right ball. You got the shafts, and you're eating the salad in the back, honey. Well, all right, whatever ball, hit, whatever ball hit him in the eye was probably inflated a little too much. So what's going to happen in this game? Let's start with the visitor. Um, I was just said, 11 game streak really put a whooping on uh, the lowly Texans, but things are seem to be clicking on all cylinders. That defense is, is, is going off. What are you guys expecting? Uh, fantasy in the football, uh, fantasy football realm, and then also in the NFL uh, playoff scheme of who's going to win this game and all that good stuff. Potential upset special, if you ask me. Uh, I, th- I think that uh, New England is very vulnerable at this point. Yeah. Lost a couple games in a row. They're kind of in disarray on offense. Yeah, they'll be getting certain players back, but sometimes getting players back uh, doesn't necessarily mean that things are going to be better immediately. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, things kind of go a little bit awry, as a matter of fact, when players are thrown right back into the fire. Uh, t- t- listen, it's, it's Kansas City's defense has been absolutely unstoppable. Lately, just unstoppable. It's, it's going to be tough to, to be doing stuff against them. Last time these two teams faced each other, uh, 2014, I believe, and Kansas City whooped them. Absolutely whooped them. That was the game where everybody was talking about, should we bench Tom yeah. Brady? Yeah. And then he went off for like 27 fantasy points every week for the next 10. Uh, but that's sort of, this is sort of a strength versus strength sort of game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just look at how it matches up. You know, Kansas City is really good against tight ends on defense. You know, the Patriots are really good against tight ends on defense. Jeremy Macklin's, you know, injury is, is big news because, you know, could he be back? Could he be playing? And even if he does play, they've got one corner who's really good and the rest are mediocre. Um, so you got that going for you. And then... You know, they stopped the run, so... Uh, it, it's sort of like strength versus strength. However you slice it, it's like, I don't like that matchup, I don't like that matchup, I don't like that matchup, I don't like that matchup. And it's sort of across the board. You can't really find one glaring matchup, and this is like, Kansas City has much better receivers than the Patriots have corners. And there's there's nothing like that that exists. It, it's just even across the board. It really is. Well, yeah. and, I, and I'll tell you what, though. Not having Jeremy Macklin it will be huge for Kansas City. Because and for Travis Kelsey. Woo! Woo! Well, well <laughs> for both those, for but especially for the, any effect of what the, the passing game is going to have here. Because you're then counting on the Chris Conleys and the Albert Wilsons and the Oi. You know, it's just... You're in, Jason Avon. You're in Trubsville. Oh, you're in Trubsville at this point in time. So, the, the thing is where... The road to victory for Kansas City comes through defense and special teams. It's it's about them and being able to, you have got to establish a consistent running game. I just don't know that I feel confident that between, you know, just on an NFL standpoint, between Charkandrick West and Spencer Ware, that you can have a dominant running game against New England on the road. I just, I don't, especially when they don't have to respect your passing game at all from the get-go. Yeah, that's what every team says against KC, though. But KC still gets it done. They don't score 30 points 
you know, in the playoffs for you know for doing nothing against against a good Houston defense. You know, in and Houston, they had some huge plays called back. Yeah. That was a 64-yard awesome run by good old Alex Smith that got called back. I mean, that run was free. Friggin' sweet. <laughs> well, Alex Smith is going to need to be doing it with his legs in this game as well. Because he's going to have to have a rushing touchdown and, and be able to create that space for the other guys in the running game and to create more opportunities for his receivers to get open. If they don't have, say, Chandler on defense rushing at you and running at you, that gives him a little bit more time. You know, it's on, it's very different. With one of the things that Brady seemed to have a little bit trouble with earlier this year is when they really rushed at him hard and gave him very little time to do anything. And that's something that KC can do. And it's it's really this is going to be a really interesting game. You want to know something that's very different? Is recording one of these podcasts while you're not drinking a. But I'm always drinking a Valverde. Yo. Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, BRMC, great rock and roll band. The opening song is Fault Line. We'll be closing out with Gospel Song, great album, Howl. Uh, I'm drinking Fist City, good old Chicago Pale Ale. I've been drinking a lot of that founder stuff lately, but uh, going to Revolution Brewing, Chicago Company, I've talked about it before. Great beer. What do you got going on, Houdini? I actually picked up a founder. There you go. One that I had not had before, the Dirty Bastard. They're uh, Scotch ale, Scotch style ale. How you liking it? I'm a Scotch drinker. It's very nice. There you go. Hell's yeah. And how's the monster? It's good as always. It's so good when it hits the lips. Can I? <laughs> can I ask you a question? Do you buy that bulk from Costco? No. Buy I'm failing. Yep. So you're an idiot. How much are those things a piece? Like two bucks. Two bucks. Oh, that's cheaper than they used to be. When that's first, I mean, when when all those drinks first came out, especially what was the first one, Red Bull. When Red Bull, it used to be like four bucks for oh, yeah. one of those, like what is in this shit? can or whatever, right? It's got bull sperm in it. That's what gives you energy. I just remember, I'd never had a monster. It was like a couple of years ago when it was like, they'd come out and they'd bring like the, uh, a case in somewhere and some people were like, oh, here. I'm like, I was dying. It was hot. And I'm like, oh, let me let me get the a drink of this. I'm like, took one swim. I'm like, oh, give me some water. It's not refreshing <laughs> by no, any stretch of the no. imagination. Jackass 2 was on the other day and one where they drink the horse Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, so bad. Uh, moving on. Uh, what are you going to say about the case? Oh, shit. Yeah. What was I going to say about the... Who's the running back to own? Is it Spencer Ware or is it Charkandrick West? Does it depend on game flow? Because we know Spencer Ware is not a great receiver. Uh, Well, I mean, he can catch a pass or two, not many. But um, the thing is... I, it's interesting to see how it's going to go later in this week. Ware has a bit of an injury. You know, I mean, he came out, yeah, they were kicking ass, and, he, and they probably just took him out just for precaution and just to, you know, it's, it's getting Al Davis some runs here. It's the end of the game. Who cares? But he does, I mean, he hasn't practiced yet either, and uh, that's, a, that's a concern. So I, I still think that Spencer's the one to, to take in this one because he's the one who's going to have to get the touchdowns. And the only way that Casey's going to do anything in this game um, is if they get it down the field, and they're going to have to give it to him in the goal line because I just don't see Alex Smith being able to pass on this team. <laughs> I mean, if Macklin's being uh, 
shadowed uh, the rest of the team, uh, having you know Albert Wilson and Chris Conley just is not scary at all. So they're gonna have to depend on that running game a little bit. And Spencer Ware's the one who's, who gets a touchdown. So that's the guy that I would probably take. Let's go on to the Patriots side. I mean, this is another situation where sort of like strength versus strength, except when you get to wide receivers. If Edelman's healthy, it might be a bit of a game changer. What do you think? Well, look, Edelman is the guy that when I know you're saying it's, you have guys coming back, but sometimes the continuity's not there. This one is huge. Muscle this this is not like Brandon LaFell missing time and coming back or, or Amendola true. or whatever. This Very is true. Julian Edelman. This guy has a major impact on Tom Brady and on the, on the rest of the offense as a whole. For sure. You, you, you look at Tom Brady, you know, it was week 10 was the last week that Edelman played. And since then, Brady's only had one 300-yard passing game. Yeah. And before that, what did he have? I think it was like six or seven 300-yard uh, pass. I think it was seven 300-yard passing games in the first ten. Weren't they ten and zero? Yeah, roll. Oh, yeah, roll. <laughs> they were undefeated. So, you know, when you talk about then, you know how cold he's been as of late. It's been atrocious. What what Brady has done, uh, uh, you know, limping into the playoffs. The 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 game against Miami. What did he throw for? It was 134 yards or whatever it was. So you know, uh, you know he he didn't drop back all that often. Granted, of course, no. I mean, they, they were looking to pass very much in that game at all. But the fact of the matter is, they didn't have anyone that they, you can trust in the passing game. Yeah. Um, you know, you, do you really have anyone on this running attack that you can trust? Steven Jackson, you know, it coming back. One point six yards. carries. Jeez. So you you then also have James White. Well, he's not going to do it as a runner, so he's going to have to do it as a receiver. You know, against this defense, I think that's not an easy task either because those linebackers were able just to get out there so fast oh, and cover. Casey has been probably the best rush defense since about week eight or nine. Yeah, and look at what look at what Kansas City's done in the last three games. They've only given up four hundred and sixty six passing yards. Yeah, their defense has wow. been just out, out of control. Good. It's it's going to come down to if if Brady and Edelman can can establish uh, the rapport that they had early in the year. And, and just work it down incrementally four or five yards at a time, which is the, the way they do it. I mean, that's their, that's their key to success. It's just slow and sure, four or five-yard patterns, that's it. And if they could do that, if Casey doesn't latch on to what they're doing early on, it might only be ten points that they get, but that might all be all they really need. Well, you said you said earlier too, where it's like, uh, what's the, the the kryptonite for a Tom Brady or any great quarterback? It's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. And Kansas City brings a lot of pressure all the time. Mm-hmm. So you know that's why you know don't expect there to be a lot of these deep passes in this game. And, and, and you know this is where I think Edelman is going to get a lot of catches. This is if you're in a PPR type uh, situation, this could be a ten catch game. Yeah. Could be. I think the one thing that I like about the Edelman situation is, yeah, he hasn't been in a game for a while, but he's been running at practice for over a month. Remember when we were yeah. coming back? He's been running. And they just knew they're like, "There's, we're not bringing you back early. We're in the playoffs. You know, it might have cost them a home field advantage, but they were like, you know, screw it. We, I don't think they really care. I guess." Um, but he's been running for a while, so he's been practicing with the team. He's been catching balls. He's been running through practices and the motions for a while. And again, these guys are so well, know each other so well that it's it's like muscle memory with them. Where I'm expecting him to get a ton of catches as well. 
with those short routes that you're talking about, and what those I think those do more than anything and, and help the, the game, the winning situation is, I think that when Edelman does those little in, uh, you know, button hooks and, and out or in, uh, you know, seven, five five seven yards, that always is what pops Gronk's post patterns and Gronk going down the field a little bit more because they're always they're just they're just hitting Edelman so short. Sometimes they're gonna uh, they're gonna have a, a safety lean over in there, and that's how Gronk busts things open without that kind of fear of hitting it and dinking and dunking that Edelman brings better than anyone in the world. You know, we saw we talked about after their world uh, their, their their world championship uh, earlier this year or last year uh, in the Super Bowl. People and defensive coordinators for uh, the, the, the Seattle was like Edelman's the hardest guy to guard in the league because the way he's able to break in and out of these cuts, and Brady is able to just get him perfectly on the run. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be right back there. I think it helps Gronk obviously as well, and uh, Amendola and LaFell's garbage, but Amendola's been all right. I could see some good roll and run plays too, like for like James White coming around off the edge and cruising down. Everybody thinking it's going to be a short pass and. Brady just dumping a long one over to the, the, the running back you're not thinking about, or or Amendola sneaks through the cracks on down the sideline somewhere. It, it, I could definitely see something like that happening once in the game. I can see Edelman to Tom Brady bomb. So <laughs> Edelman Brady throws to Edelman and goes around Edelman bomb back again. The whole five two forty time that's going to be impressive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what what I'm really looking forward to is just how they're going to integrate Edelman back in the offense. And the most important player is not Julian Edelman in this game. Mm-hmm. It is Sebastian Vollmer. And he's yeah. already back in practice, and he gives them an edge at tackle that they just didn't have, and they were playing guys there, and they were so scared of the pass rush they were playing without the tackles that they said, hey, Tom, don't throw the ball. Don't get yourself hurt. I don't care about winning this game in Week 17. And that's the last we saw of the team. And now that Vollmer's back... Uh, you know, it brings a different sort of edge, both you know, run blocking and pass blocking. He is the linchpin of this defense or of this offense this week. Uh, you know, especially when Gronk has you know the toughest matchup in the league. Basically, the Chiefs have allowed you know the third fewest yards to opposing tight ends this season, the fewest fantasy points, the second fewest touchdowns, um, and last year. They allowed the fewest yards, but they allowed eight touchdowns. Gronk did play them last year in that game we talked about how it was kind of a smorgasbord of Brady getting beat up. Gronk did have a touchdown, but just two catches for 31 yards other than that. So Only three targets. That's how much... That's how insignificant KC makes the tight end position. When you're only targeting Gronk three times in a game, it shows just how well they cover those tight ends. I mean, it's touchdown or not, you know, still. And... You know, over the last two seasons, Casey has allowed less receiving yards to tight ends than Gronk had this season. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. The thing you were talking about with uh, Vollmer in the offensive line, I, I read it. it was either 32 or 23 different offensive linemen. I don't know if we retweeted it or one of you guys did or we it was one of our own nuggets, but 23, maybe 32 different offensive line alignments they've gone with throughout this season, the Patriots, which is the most... Of any team since uh, 1983. Holy cow. It's like been forever. So just the fact that they could have that kind of season with that kind of changing, uh, uh, revolving kind of situation and crew, uh, manning down the fort and protecting Tom Brady, 
is pretty impressive. Well, they so. kept losing guys down the line too. I mean, it's, I mean, that's, week after week. Yeah, after I, mean, week. I mean, you talk about the effect that losing Edelman has on the team and stuff like that. I honestly, I think it's more even the offensive line, like you were saying, going up against this KC team. And if you are not at full strength, they are going to make fools out of you. And if Volmer isn't at full strength, granted, he's probably better than anything else they have. He is better than anything else they have. But if he's not full strength, I don't expect him to just be a dominator out there either. He's going to be made a fool of him, you know, a couple times. Do we got anything else for the Patriots? No. Moving on. All right. That should be a sweet game. I really like this Saturday uh, suite of games. Um, sweet S-U-I-T-E. <laughs> no. You know. Uh, and the next one is going to be the Green Bay Packers down in Arizona. Hey, guys, have I ever told you about the way the grass grows down there? <laughs> <laughs> no, but they I talked you to it this time. That's how I'm going to shake you guys up on it. They, they did talk about it you know, during the national championship, how they grew a brand new field uh, for that game only. They just, they just grew it and brought it right in. One thing I'll say before we go into the game, and we got to kind of cruise through this because we don't... We're doing something interesting. We're doing a test tonight that you guys will find about out about. We'll mention it at the end of the show. But we haven't talked about the national championship game. And the one thing that I'll, the only thing I'll say, and if you guys want to talk about it or want to wait for the next show, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, we can do that. Um, but you guys saw the picture of Ingram next to Henry, right? Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, what is that? The camera angle? Is that it's like a half fish- camera yeah, angle? Half half but half Mark Ingram is also five nine, and Derrick Henry is six three. Plus a helmet and spikes. Yeah, so that looks, was ridiculous. <laughs> well, he oh looks God. about six like seven. My little brother. <laughs> Yo, we got a light. How about a Bud Light? <laughs> oh, hey, how about a Bud Light? Bud Latte. Bud Light here. <laughs> quick, quick question I got for you guys. Uh, Do you see the Twitter war that? Uh, Mark Ingram was in with uh, Jamil Wali or whatever that that one woman from ESPN. You know how she yeah. does the she, what's yeah. her Jamil Hill. Yeah, Jamil Hill. He she basically like called him out on that picture and was like, "Look at the one guy who's an NFL looking like he's half the size of the guy who's going to be a first rounder or something." He goes back and someone forwarded to him like, "You hear the way she's?" He's like, "What are you talking about? That rock that um, that nightmares from the crypt? What was the the movie? Tales uh, from the crypt. T- the t- that that tales from the, the crypt, crypt looking girl with the with the weave or something." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he smoked her so bad. I hate her. I do. I hate her. I like I I, just, I love Sarah Spain. I love some of these other women in this work, but she is so annoying on all those one-on-one shows. She like talks like she's hot, and she's like even on Twitter, she's like, you know, I might not have the best looks, but I do okay. It's just like you are you're the worst. Oh my god! Sometimes I can't even like. I, it's great to listen to while you're working. I just can't look at her. Tales from the crypt though is fucking perfect. That one dude on the cover, perfect. All right, let's go to Green Bay Packers, Arizona. What's going on? Let's we'll start with the visiting team and the GBP. I'll start with the Green Bay Packers, who won last week. Hey, I, man. I, I thought you guys were all on the Washington Redskins train. Not and how, I, dude. How, I, I was. You, you weren't was. here on the podcast, and I was just sticking up with the Green Bay Packers. Like, the Redskins aren't a real team. They just came out of a shit division. Like, that's what happened. <laughs> it's true. So you They hadn't, good, they hadn't beat they hadn't a winning team all, all year. And they still haven't. Are you willing to bet to double down again on the Packers no. this week? No. Okay. Why would I bet on the Packers this week? Because <laughs> they're going to get rolled. That's exactly right. I mean, it's, well, I think they're going to murk it up again. 
If, if things follow suit from last week, every away team will win again. Who knows? Yeah, I, I, I think I think that was like your anomaly, and now you're going to get like you know some flexing of muscle here. So number one, I think you're, you're a, a sneaky potential. Uh, you have two, I think, on each side that are sneaky potential. You have the one that we just talked about, where Kansas City could potentially sneak in there and maybe upset New England. I do not see Pittsburgh being able to upset Denver. If if they're at full injury. strength, I definitely do. But. That's the biggest question of the weekend. Uh, well, yeah. I don't think they're going to be full strength. Number Let's get one. to that. We'll, we'll, get to, we'll get to that, but there's a lot of other factors there, too, with with lingering injuries and stuff as well, so I don't like Pittsburgh's chances. But Seattle has a chance to upset Carolina, but in this game, Green Bay, they survived through a pathetic team that won a pathetic division in Washington. Okay, so that's great. You, 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 a mediocre team. I'm going to say pathetic. Okay, mediocre. This, is, this was not a, a strong playoff contender. We could all have agreed that from the get-go. So they got the dream matchup where Minnesota ended up having to play Seattle. Smart move on the loss. So now you, you have, you're have you potentially not going to have Devontae Adams for this game, right? But he's probably more not. than likely he's out. Not. Yeah, he's probably out. So you, you, you're going to... You're going to try to uh, lean on on the run game, you know, because you're still going to have now you're going to you're going to have relying on Everdaris, then Cobb and uh, and James Jones to be your difference makers. You do have the benefit of Arizona not having Teron Matthew, so at least he's not out there. But they still have so many other playmakers, and their defense is so fast that you know we talk about the problem of these receivers get, creating separation. And I think who's going to do it? It's almost even less about that with how awesome that pass rush is, and we saw that in the last game against the Packers. Have you ever seen yeah. Aaron Rodgers less happy in a game in your life than just getting? He was getting nailed. To be honest, I was surprised they kept him in there because uh, he was just getting destroyed by the uh, by, by the uh, Cardinals pass rush. And Eight sacks, and I think uh, Dwight Freeney had three of those. Yeah, a yeah. lot yeah. of hits. Play of the week. The yeah. defensive player of the week, I think. For, and, for and, they, and they and they took the pedal off the, uh, of the of that game. You know, they what didn't Palmer come out of that game in the third quarter? Uh, yeah. So thirty-eight to eight is the <laughs> final score yeah. of that game. I, I don't see it getting a lot better for Green Bay in this one. Here's the thing: I certainly hope Olivia Munn was watching her, uh, her boyfriend in that game. That putts. You mean fiance? fiance? No, it didn't. Happen. I know, oh, I know, but I had God, to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is. The offensive line looked better last week, and you know potentially could have got some gel. And you know Aaron Rodgers had a little bit of swag in his game. Like it doesn't matter. Sometimes, you know anything can happen when you got Aaron Rodgers behind center. He can beat anybody. You know any week. Agreed. The question is like, you, I I don't bet against the guy too often because he's just that good of a player. He's a transcendent player in our generation. And those type of MVP players can win a game any week, any time. So while I think they could get rolled, I, I, I think it's going to be – I think he's, they're going to try. And they're not going to run the same game plan. They're not no. going to do that same sort of, hey, we got to come out here, we got to sling it, we got to try to keep up with this offense. No, but what they're going to do is what they've been doing successfully is run that hurry-up style offense and try to catch the, the defense and substitutions and get yourself free plays. That's how he, he's been doing it because he can generate himself potentially three to four free plays per game to take shots. And if he's a quarterback that doesn't get the free play and throw the ball five yards out of bounds, yeah. he'll take the shot and take the move and yeah. see what he gets out of it. So last week, Vegas had three of the visiting four teams favored to win. The fourth one uh, that wasn't a visiting team was the Redskins. 
the Redskins were favored by one. And I think it went up and down between one, one and even and one. Well, that's one, almost basically one, one, calling one it on not each side. for them. Because yeah, you get, they called it a pick em, pretty you much. Normally get, well, it's actually, you're saying it's more for the Packers because normally as a home team, you'll get a, a field goal advantage. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, for betting purposes, right. you're still betting against. True. Them. But still, this week, Cardinals are favored by seven. <laughs> that's strong. And I think that's, uh, they usually will not go above six and a half in a playoff game. Uh, to go seven is is pretty big. I wonder if that that you know the, the six and a half seven stuff now maybe they because I know you always like to rather have that teaser so that you're gonna you know get on it one way or the other not have the push, but is it more so now because of with the two point conversion and scores not being always by seven points or whatever that you now have you know these teams and they're going for the two points and all that so it's a, it's interesting maybe we'll get Mo to. Interview somebody from Vegas. <laughs> there you go. I love it. An odds maker. I love to talk to an odds There we go. I mean, I think it boils down to let's move. Unless, I mean, do you want to move over to the other side of the ball, or should we talk? I mean, we've got to talk I about mean, the receivers, okay. the running backs, the tight ends. Fine. All we talked about is Aaron Rodgers. Okay, Fair so <laughs> Richard Rodgers uh, pulled up a little lame, and he's he's hurt a little bit. Um, I don't think that'll be that too much of a factor anyway. Um, he didn't do a whole hell of a lot in that game. That they had a few weeks ago, and he didn't do a whole hell of a lot in the game last week. And he's been tailing off ever since he had that big game uh, and, the, and the big reception that everybody remembers against the Lions. Oh, my back! Oh, God, always fucking with oh, my stomach! <laughs> <laughs> God damn! <laughs> God damn! Houdini getting aggressive at the house party. Um, getting black. We talked about the receivers a little bit, and I do, I do not believe that Devonta Adams is going to play. Um, I, the guy was slow enough as is. You try and throw him out there, you know, to wobbly who's on a injury that's supposed to take at least two to four weeks to heal. Uh, I think that would just be worthless to throw that guy out there. Uh, James Jones, he's uh, he's got the confidence. Um, I just I, Cobb just doesn't look the same. He's just not looking the same out there. I just don't see him. Uh, breaking out all of a sudden. That even was a good game with, last week. They, they got him involved as a runner, and you know, as the, the, as did a, he have three straight carries? Like he had five carries in the game. Five like he carries had one whole series yards. at running back. Like I felt like he just ran three straight plays though. Like uh, they gave him the ball on three straight. Yeah, and and, and they did. I think uh, they're trying to get him involved more, which I think is smart. I think giving him the ball out of the backfield is a smart thing to do. But he only caught three balls. Yeah, three, what, three for twenty. At least one was a touchdown, right? Yeah, one was a touchdown, of course. But doing that against Arizona versus doing it against Washington is a whole different story. Um, I don't think uh, uh, the Honey Badger being out is uh, as big of a thing against Cobb as you would think. He was out in the game that they played a few weeks ago, and Cobb did nothing. Well, the biggest problem is again, I felt like he got injured during that game. When you have when no, you have it was the disruption the that the the Cardinals defense can put on Aaron Rodgers, it eliminates the longer plays to develop. So you know that's the problem is that you know if you're not getting that separation off the line, and they will play press coverage against you as well while they're bringing pressure, it makes it very difficult to to, to complete passes in that situation. So. Yeah. You know, if you're not getting any separation, and that's where Cobb is just three catches tells you he's not getting a ton of it. Yeah. Uh, running backs, I think this is more of a Starks game. Uh, the Green Bay is going to be down. They're going to need to pass the ball a little bit more. They're going to have to play hurry up more just to try and, uh, you know, get the flow of the game going their way. 
and that's more Starks's angle. You know, uh, Lacey just can't uh, can't hack it uh, doing stuff like that. He's not the pass catcher. He's not the uh, the the mover and the shaker, getting back to the line and getting set type of guy. So. Lacey was the better back the last time these two teams played. True. It, just, it seemed like they phased out James Starks in that last game, which is a little bit odd. Uh, I think he had just three carries for like 11 yards and like one catch. But, you know, Lacey had 12 for 60, and then he also caught a 28-yard 20 yard, uh, touchdown pass, which was the only catch of the game. And, you know, it still seems like more of a Starks game, but if I think if they try to... They're going to keep alternating series by series with these guys. And, you know, whoever has the hot hand, it sort of looked like Starks was the hot hand for a while there in the last game. Then they gave the next series to Lacey and back and forth and back and forth. Uh, both those guys seem like they could fumble at any fucking time, though. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. Uh, either way, I don't know if I'd be taking any of those guys in uh, DFS. I, I, I don't like any of those guys. The only guy I might consider playing on the real cheapy cheap is a Jared Arbonairs. <laughs> Maybe. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I don't know that there's a lot of attractive running backs this week. I, I, agreed. Agreed. As it's, far as like looking at any of the matchups and being like, wow, I love... David know, like, Johnson! David yeah, Johnson, he's, 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 the, he's the one. Because I think with all the ones, the, the, the places where I look to exploit is the Packers are the worst defense in this. Let's flip it over and talk about the Cardinals here because... They, Johnson is going to have a great game because he should be able to. If he to. does, then it's going to be a blow. If, if he can really get it going with that passing attack, if he has a good game. It's going to be a blowout, and he's going to be doing it as a runner, as a receiver. He's going to be. They're going to. You know, you're going to see them taking deep shots to John Brown. You're going to see Michael Floyd getting a ton of targets. Larry Fitzgerald's going to get sprinkled in there. This is going to be one of those games where. The Packers don't, you know, Clay Matthews is going to have to play out of his mind and put ridiculous pressure on Palmer in order to stop this from happening because they are able to protect Palmer. And when Palmer has time in, in Bruce Arians' offense, there are so many opportunities for success. Yeah. And and he is very comfortable in there. So I, I just don't see the Packers... You know, the, the games that they've been playing, when you go back to Washington, okay, that was not a super dynamic uh, offense. But, look, Deshaun Jackson should have had that touchdown against them early. Um, you know, and, and they were able to, to have opportunities to, to throw the ball, and that was with a crazy wind in that game as well. There's going to be no wind in this game. We're going to be playing, you know, in the Dome. So, you, I don't know, I, I just don't see how... The Packers are going to be able to to create enough disruption on the defense to, you know, unless Palmer just has a, a, a complete, you know, reverts to being a Cincinnati Bengal. Yeah, they're, 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 they just don't. The matchup just isn't. It just isn't so good for them. <laughs> this isn't going. This isn't going to be pretty for Packer fans. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. It just doesn't. It doesn't look like it's shaping up that way. Is there such thing as a, a pretty Packer fan? <laughs> when you live in Green Bay, this is a quote from Steve. Mongo, uh, Steve Mongo McMichael. Love when you guy. live in Green Bay, they suddenly get prettier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love Mongo. That guy is the greatest. So, oh my god, one of the best characters of all time. I told you guys the story, right? The, the I went to Vegas with that big crew for the uh, Niners Ravens. Um, we were put up at the Planet Hollywood, all, everything basically taken care of. Great fucking time. The next year, I was just tired. We were working a long season, and I got invited to go to it again. And 
Malt went, and everyone's like, you gotta go, and I just didn't really want to go. Friggin' they call me when they get there. One of the guys with the party was Mongo. He's like, Mongo's staying with us and partying with us all weekend. I'm like, uh, Did you get uh, a plane ticket? Oh my god, <laughs> literally, uh, it, 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 on Saturday... So for three days, my boys are hanging out with Mongo. And I was like, is he still famous? He's like, oh my god, you don't even know. Everyone's coming up to him. He's like, this guy's stories are like nothing. I was never have Champagne had, room! Yeah, never have had regret. Of po- I mean, it's the dumbest thing ever, but that guy rules. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm a, Johnson. I, I like uh, a Michael Floyd of the three receivers on this one. I, I just I think that he can just beat them long. They normally try, uh, Green Bay can uh, do pretty well against the number one receiver on the team. They usually can do pretty well against the, the top guy. I don't know who they consider the top guy of these <laughs> Arizona Cardinals at this point. I mean, it was Fitz for most of the year, and I think that he was starting to be taken out by most teams. And then Floyd emerged, and Brown has his good, uh, really good games mixed in with you know mediocre games. Last time they faced big, each he's other. He's got big plays, like a couple big plays. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's Brown and Fitz, I think, both had 1,000 yards on the year. Whoa. Um, oh, on the year? On the year. Okay, I was like, well, last time they played, he had 1,000 yards in the year. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Big game. Um, but Floyd has been the, the guy kind of down the stretch. He's been a, he's been a, a world beater. And last when they played each other back in week 16 there... He had the most targets, he had the most catches, he had the most yards. Uh, he Granted, he wasn't the one with the touchdown, both uh, Fitz and Brown had a touchdown, but they had, each of them had less than 30 yards, whereas Floyd went off for 111. Uh, it's just, uh, I, I see it being a Floyd game, but the other two guys could get touchdowns too. I'm sad, I, 40 plus points in this game for, for Arizona, it's going to be fun all the way around. Man, wow, always fun around. As for you, young man, I'm tired of seeing you in this office. Could you tell me why in God's name you called his mother a garden tool? <laughs> She's a which garden tool? You a rake? Shovel. You a hoe. Oh! Hey, now. We got a the smart th- one here, guys. The, the thing is, like, <laughs> with the Packers, the Packers have some flexibility the with their corners. Uh, so they can play Demarius Randall, who's a bigger guy, who's like an ex-safety, and I think they usually like to play him on the longer type receivers. So I think he might match up against uh, Floyd, and he's been a you know pretty good rookie here this season. And then they've got guys like Quentin Rollins and Sam Shields, if healthy, uh, that can take on these smaller, sort of quicker guys. The question is, is there anybody that can sort of defend fits in the slot? Uh, no. He that touchdown he did make against them. They didn't. It was pretty impressive. They didn't need him very much other than that. Uh, I I still think if I had to pick one to have the most yardage, it would be Floyd though. Yeah, and if you throw one of them going for a touchdown, he's the receiver you want in this one. So I don't know. That's that's pretty much the story. And I I mean we we are David Johnson is I I feel like he's going to have a, a pretty darn good game. Uh, he had 88 yards receiving against this team last time. Had a huge catch. Also scored a rushing touchdown. Didn't have a lot of yards rushing. No, they, they, they only ran him nine times. Yeah, they didn't use him all that much. Strange. It was 38 to 8. And, I mean, Fitz had under 30 yards. Brown had under 30 yards. They, and, they turned them over, and it was like. Oh, yeah. Starting field position. I think, I think the, they averaged starting at like the Packer 35 yard line for the first half or something. I think <laughs> they, the defense scored. 
30 fantasy points. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous that game. So pretty and good it's not much, when it comes to the tight ends, not much to talk about. You know, Gresham and Fells. It's nah. if, if you're taking them in DFS, is this a team that if they had a good for next year, if they got a good tight end, that there's uh, something no, there, it's or it's, not it's just a system. system. They don't need it. They need a big number in black and. Uh, not black, black. I said blocking, not blacking. Uh, a blocking guy uh, that can maybe catch one here or there. Ah, oh, shit! Yes. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> well, Fells and Gresham could both do that. I think they're fine with those guys. Fells is pretty good as a receiver, man. He shows he some. Is, he's he's a big motherfucker too. <laughs> six eight, man. He's a monster, dude. So is Gresham. <laughs> yeah, Gresham's a monster too. And then you got a, another guy waiting in the wings, and Nicholas. Uh, it's they got some big tight ends there. Who's who? Are you guys calling? Let's do a little. Uh, who's winning the games? We'll close it out and close this episode out and go. Um, go to episode two and cover some of the other good stuff we got on the dock. All four games or just two? two. Just do these two. I'm going New England and Arizona. Ding, 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 ding. I got the Chiefs. Yeah, dog. I think it's upset special, guys. I like that call. I like that call. I'm going <laughs> to, just because there's no money on line, I'm definitely doing my my, my, my Patriots. But, <laughs> maybe now nah, it's going to be Cardinals. I'm going Patriots, Cardinals. But I like that upset call. Uh, well, guys, basically what we're trying, what we're doing moving forward um in the off season, we're going to be doing uh, segments and breaking our shows into smaller uh, pockets. You know, bite-sized pieces, bite-sized more pieces. digestible for yeah. all you uh, low fiber fucks. Exactly. So, <laughs> so what we what we're doing is, is is instead of it being a three hour mini series kind of deal that we always do uh, during the season, we will be breaking that into three hour episodes, uploading all of them at the same time. But then you can listen to a show. Uh, individually, and this week we're kind of doing. We're, we're really going to dive into that mostly after the Super Bowl. I have no idea why Dogmatic is laughing so much, <laughs> but I'm happy. What's the funniest shit I've ever heard you two say? Like back to back, I'm losing it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He's, he's, he's eating up. drunk over there. He's, that that eating up over Thank God I wore the buttons tonight. Thank God. <laughs> Amen. So we're we're trying that out. And we're doing a little dress rehearsal with that. And we're set, we're doing this into two segments and. Um, We've kind of hit a good mark on how long we wanted this to be, about a minute, uh, an hour and 25 minutes. Uh, so, excellent stuff. We're going to close out, as I said, with BRMC. Last thing I'll say on this show is, uh, you know, rest in peace to David Bowie. That was obviously, uh, we were going to play David Bowie music, but I just felt like that was contrived. We'll play David Bowie at a moment, if we haven't already. Uh, but uh, an awesome artist, a, a game changer. A god to many, many of your favorite artists of any genre, not just musically. And uh, if you haven't given him a listen or given his experiences, it's like a different journey every time he's done uh, any of his art pieces. And truly, his music has a lot of that uh, that art avant-garde art aspect to it. That um, check the stuff out; it's pretty amazing. And then his newest album, I think it's going to go number one this week. And the guy did a music video three days before he passes away. Uh, for Lazarus on his new album, and basically, how has ever has there ever been a guy that's doing art until li- literally the day he dies? And well, and actually, like, his last just, album, like writing about dying, yeah, death. It's it's his last his swan song. So pretty amazing, David Bowie. 
You know, I'm not going to sit here and say he's the guy, my favorite artist of all time, but I know all of his music and I know how much the artists that I absolutely admire and are dear to, guys like Perry Farrell, guys like, you know, The, the Who, The Rolling Stones, and, and things like that, how much <laughs> the, he meant to those guys. Yep. Yeah. How much how much did he mean to Mick Jagger when they did Dancing in the Streets video? He meant, then, he meant however long I, his penis. They, they they used to butt slam I, th- I think so. Too. And look at that video. Go, they admitted it. Go back and... They had that sex is, together. I, well, that, is, that is like a very affectionate video. They, they were dating probably at that time. But he, but he ended with Iman, who was a, a black supermodel who was off the charts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a, amen to him. Uh, yeah, very. You probably have no idea what we're talking about. David Bowie. He knows no, no, oh, not Bowie. I'm banging. <laughs> no. Yeah, I didn't think you'd know her. But pretty, pretty amazing stuff. iPod. <laughs> 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 anyway, we'll shut it down with that. Uh, rest in rest in peace, and thank you for all the art and amazing uh, music that you've left behind. Uh, we're gonna close this out. We love you. We got check out that other. I guess it works. You're gonna be listening to a different podcast for the next hour and uh, the second segment. Um, this is new to us. Does that make it episode two thirteen? By the way, we're gonna figure that out. <laughs> this is, this is well, already like, up. Well, now I gotta edit two shows well, and like two graphics. It's not, it's like, not, it's like, not another like, pocket. It's, it's segment two. It's segment two. Okay, fine. So what is it? One is it gonna be episode two twelve A and B? Part two, part one, part two, part one, <laughs> part two, part, part deuce. Two. All right, let's go. We're, we're, that's why we're doing it now because we're figuring all this kind of crap out. And uh, we'll figure it out. But we're psyched. Good show, guys. Close it out. I feel like, uh, I don't know. We'll see you in a minute. We'll see you on the other side. Yeah. (laughs) See you on the flip side. Good. Hello. (laughs) 